Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. Hello there, I'm Paul Shahidi, also known as the Reverend Francis Seaton in this country, and you're listening to WTAF. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow? This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF, a This Country podcast. First, he's a man who loves doing stuff for charity, and he is, in fact, doing something for Comet Relief right after the podcast. So everybody line up to punch him in the stomach, £5 to go, or three for a tenner. It's Neil. At least you're charging this time. (laughs) Well, I like to get my practice in, because I like to make my money go um, every mile. Yeah, just don't be too hard this time. Is that the phrase? Make the money go a mile? Oh, yeah, that'll, that'll yeah. work, that works. Yeah, Tesco's yeah, going to use works. that next. Or other stores. Mm-hmm. Other supermarkets are available. Indeed. Now, our guest this episode is fresh from his triumph win at the National Television Awards as Best Newcomer and the holder of the greatest entrance to the stage after winning an award, it's James Moore! <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's a we pleasure. Absolutely. It's, honoured, it, it aren't is, we? We've never had a TV award winner, apart from Daisy and Charlie, obviously, of course. Yeah. But, you know. Well, they got the uh, BAFTA, didn't they? They did. And that is obviously the next one on your on your list, I'm oh, sure. That would be, that would be fantastic. That'd but, be I was thinking about this. If you won another award, what are you going to do to top what know. you did? <laughs> I've been thinking <laughs> this. Like, when... I, I've had this asked me before, and I like, I, literally, I would have to plan it in advance. Mm. I, I feel like even if I plan something and then I didn't win, I'd just be disappointed that I didn't get to do the entrance, <laughs> not even that I didn't win. So if anybody didn't see the National Television Awards, basically what happened was when... Uh, it, was, it was Jamie and Harry Redknapp read your name, yeah. night, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um... You climbed on the top of, I'm assuming, a friend. It wasn't yeah. a stranger, was it? Yeah. I'm assuming yeah. <laughs> and he gave you a piggyback up onto the stage. Now, you didn't know that was going to happen, or you uh, had a, you, a plan that we, that was... we kind of... We didn't, like, plan the whole thing. Like, no, some elaborate scheme. But it wouldn't like, it wouldn't People make it out to be, like, some kind of massive thing, because, I mean, maybe it will, because that just doesn't... Seem to happen, and everyone's quite orderly and 
they go up and collect the award and they say thank you. Yeah. And they haven't seen that kind of thing, but to me and my mate, that was just like, okay, let's do this fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I kind of, when I saw that, I kind of wished that everybody else had done that. So, like, you know, mm. Phil got on Holly's <laughs> back and started <laughs> jumping up and uh, stuff. Hello. It would have been worth it. Is that a fantasy and a dream? I, I, or is I, it that... may well be. I don't know. It may well be. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure we'll talk more about the awards. Oh, I'm sure but, we will. Yeah. But as we're a This Country podcast, no, um, no. when did you first find out about This Country? Um, I got a friend introduced me to it called Alicia, and she was friends with a guy uh, called Will from the area, from Northland. Oh, right. And so um, I actually found out about it through then, and... And start watching it, and I just remember I could not stop laughing. I just did, did the first episode I watched was Evansby. Oh right, right when, okay. When they're fighting over the pizza, and it was just. And ever since then, I've been hooked on whatever those guys been doing. Right. Brilliant. So you jumped back and watched them all, did you? After yeah, watching yeah, that yeah. episode. Yeah, 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 and um. It never got old. Well, every episode there was just something that would just make me bored. And there was, I hadn't genuinely laughed at a TV show in a very long time. So it's quite refreshing to mm. see, you know, it's a really new style as well that they're taking and a really new approach. And I think it's brilliant. Mm. So you said you started on epi- episode three. Mm. Did you watch it from then and then went back to episode one and two, or did no, you jump I went, back to? I jumped back to the start after having because I watched it in my friend's house, and then I watched that and then went home and started from the first one again. So. Is it the sort of program though that you'd repeat, repeat view? Have you repeat view? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I think I watched it again recently. Actually, I think I'm on my third one, three maybe. <laughs> But it is a show I feel like I can just watch again and again and again. And it doesn't... I don't feel like it gets any less funny. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm still laughing at all the same It day. does. And you see new things all the time in it, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, especially now, because I watched it before I started Emmerdale, and now I hear um, uh, Kerry Daly doing all the Emmerdale references. Right, so are there any other cast members of Emmerdale? I mean, are they aware of the the, the sort of things they talk about on this country about I, Emmerdale? I actually don't know. I haven't, because I, I kind of want to bring it up with Jeff, actually, because I play Kane, because obviously that, that big team where he, um, her mum being like, oh, you got a crush on Kane Dingle? <laughs> exactly. Like, no, I haven't. <laughs> um, so uh, it kind of makes me wonder if he's seen that. Yeah. I, I, I might bring that up. It'd be interesting to know if he's even aware that, <laughs> yeah. that, that, like, she, that he's got like a, a secret admirer on yeah. another show. On a secret admirer in a different character on a different show. Exactly. Maybe they should combine the two and do a Crossover. special. Crossover. Yeah. Kerry and Curtin visit. Emmerdale <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or maybe the guys from Emmerdale come down and buy a farm in North Leach. 
Hey. What would what would Daisy or what would Kerry do if she opens the door and Kane Dingle is stood on her doorstep? Actually, that's quite a good question. Because what would she do? Because she's quite childlike, isn't she? Mm. So what would she? Mm. do? But she has got a crush on him, hasn't she? Obviously. Mm. Wow. There you go, James. Look, there's a, there's an idea for you there. Look, that could be a new thing. You could be starting to write a new series a for. New crossover episode between Emma and Well, I I definitely be involved in that. Can't hear that anymore now. It'd be like an English version of the Avengers, wouldn't it? Having <laughs> these two things meeting. <laughs> well, maybe because you live from the area, you're taking them on the tour of the Emmerdale set. There yeah, you go. There we go. Then. And that's how they get on the set. There we go. It, it writes, it writes itself. Brilliant. So it, I'm going to ask a, a, a hard question. Have okay. you got a favourite series out of one or two? Yeah, that is hard. Because I kind of. I think they all kind of merge into one. Obviously, I watched series two when it came out. Mm. I don't think there are any one of them better or worse because they're just following the same kind of humour and style. Mm. So I think it was. I think they they built upon what they started really well, mm. and I think the new character that they introduced fit right into it. Mm. You know. Um, I, I just think if they keep going with that kind of structure, then I don't think it will get old. No. Because, um, well, I love to see an episode where Curtin does eventually go to Swindon since TK Maxx <laughs> yeah. or something like that. You yeah. know. The bargains. To, yeah, yeah, to see them maybe venture out in the village for a little mm-hmm. bit would be a really interesting contact and put them in a different environment where people totally aren't used to their just insanity. And it's weird you say that, because now, after watching it so many times and being involved with this country for the last, what, year or so, that's the first time I've realised that they they do go out of the village. Mm. Isn't that the only time in the whole series that they go out of it? I suppose the the Steam uh, Fair episode, they're sort of out of the village, aren't they, where they've walked away. Yeah, but they're still... In the area, aren't they? And it's like the one where Curtin goes to try and find, um, can't remember his name, that old Rob Robinson. Friend, Rob Robinson, yeah. And he goes to that pet. Because he's kind of wandering out of the. Because I actually went to Northleach the other week. Right. And um, I went and saw all the places that they filmed at. I was having a boring day, and I was like, it's just down the road. So I went round and looked at all the places they were filming at. But I think I saw one in the field that he might have crossed through to try and find Rob Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's all kind of within the same area. Yeah. And I'd yeah. like to see them maybe go to, like, a major city and try and, you know... Well, like when Curtin, obviously the vicar's son, isn't it, has come from Bristol. Yeah. Maybe they could do an exchange. Mm. You go and visit the vicar's son. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's, of his tits on yeah, the pills. Exactly, and <laughs> and Curtin says then, doesn't he? You know what? What's the real world like? He says yeah. that very innocently, but but they think the height of luxury is a flat in Stroud. To them, that's that's the height. That's it. That's that makes it. If they if they've done that, Are you saying it's not then? I'm not saying anything. I mean, Stroud's a very nice place. <laughs> right, great. I love Stroud. It is a lovely it place. It is a lovely place. We'll get emails if you start saying things. I haven't said anything bad. I'm just questioning. The Stroud Massive will start coming on to <laughs> us. 
What about episodes then? Do you have standout episodes? Standout episodes. Oh, that is God. That is difficult. What would you say? Standout episodes. I like the steam fair train. The steam yeah, fair one. That is so. When they get lost in the forest, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, the tent. I the fox twins. So <laughs> honestly, when they find that tent as well, mm. right in the middle, oh my goodness. With a little you, present. Funny little fact it was Neil that put that poo in there. <laughs> just to let you know. And it wasn't even mine. <laughs> yeah, <he> just, <laughs> yeah, just a little uh, uh, behind the curtain <laughs> yeah. fact for you all there. Just to let you know as well that uh, that lovely voice you just heard was Inda, with yeah. a uh, H you don't pronounce at the end, <laughs> just to, just so I know. So, hello, Inda. Hello. Did I say that right? Yes, you pronounced it perfectly. Oh, thank God for that. Don't you smoke. You don't say the H at the end. <laughs> That's the trouble. I'm going to say Inda without the H at the end every time now. That's which okay. is going to Is it? Is that okay? <laughs> Oh, that's the worst part of the pot. Is getting somebody's name wrong is the worst thing ever. <laughs> so, what about the uh, special? Um, you caught up oh. with the aftermath and oh, what happened with Yeah, Kerry. yeah, yeah. That was interesting. I, I feel like the ending was really kind of hit me quite hard. As well. mm. You know, they never kind of brought that into it. You know, it always ended on a kind of like heart and note, I feel like. Mm. And to have that kind of ending with a bit of a, you know, not, not a punch in the stomach, because that makes it sound like a bad thing, but it was just a really heart-hitting finish. Mm. They, they, they're very clever at doing that, the heart-wrenching sort of moments. They're, mm. they're quite sort of moving, aren't they, and... With a heart. Well, it's one minute you're laughing and the next minute you've got a lump in your throat and you're going to start crying because something, yeah. something mm. devastating is going to happen. But that that's all the way through the series. So so, so you said, did you say what your favourite episode was? Um, I can't pinpoint that. You haven't anyway, got one actual. But I do, I can say that um, every time Kelly's mum is in <laughs> anything, I just yeah. quack the fuck up. I just cannot. Like, when you hear a shouting down the stand in the fuck. It's the know. falafel. The falafel. Oh, the yeah. falafel. <laughs> it's my favourite. <laughs> it's that old tomato, isn't it? Yeah. It's tomato. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. just she's just such a good character. So such a simple uh-huh. idea, but such a great character. Well, it's well executed, isn't it? Daisy's perfected that voice. Because mm. you do realise that was Daisy that did that. Mm. See? All right. Just I, there may be I, some I, people I, in this room that wasn't sure that that was Daisy, or didn't know that that was Daisy. I actually didn't. I'm just playing it cool. But I, <laughs> I, I you I and me, James, see? See? Great minds think alike. But that, it's just an amazing voice she does for that. It is. I mean, she can't do it very often, isn't she? She yeah. was telling us. Strain her voice properly. Yeah, yeah, very much. Very yeah. much. Right, let's get on to you then, James. Yeah, let's get on you. to you because yeah, I'm fascinated it. with your whole story. So, going from the height of the National TV Awards and, <laughs> and winning that, yeah. take me right back to when you first wanted to be an actor. Okay, uh, God, I've wanted to be an actor since I was 13, 14, just kind of um, doing drama in school. I went to the Playhouse Theatre in Cheltenham, did a lot of classes there, and um, just kind of worked on it over the years. Um, stopped doing it at about 18, 19 because I was like, am I going to get anywhere in this, you know, disability? And there wasn't a lot of kind of disabled roles out there at the time. So uh, I went into photography, got a degree in that, started doing that. And then a few years ago, 
um, I made a short film with a friend of mine, um, a comedy about my disability, which I would recommend to you because <laughs> this short film is very kind of, it's got elements of like this country, peep show kind of vibe. Oh, right. And um, uh, we made that, uh, we got like a grant to do it from Mind and Map, which is the Channel 4 short film company. So we got five grand to make the film. Mm. Um, made that. And then I went and did a course with the National Youth Theatre. No realised acting is what I wanted to do. So we got back into that. And then, um, Apologies. Hey, <laughs> <A> professional. <laughs> got back into that and then did that course. Uh, came back to the side and then just ended up through sheer luck, finding an agent, just sending out a load of unsolicited emails to whoever I could find it up with disabled actors. Got an agent, and then three weeks later, she emailed me the Emmerdale casting call. So wow. I wasn't waiting around long. Goodness me. <laughs> So it it, it feels it it sounds like it was all very easy and all the steps were just there in place for you, but I, I can't believe but it, it no, was. But no, it, it definitely wouldn't. I mean, it's been more. It hadn't been more people letting me down. It's been a self struggle really in trying to believe that I could do it. Mm. Um, having that belief in myself in the first place and. Um, trying to find a place in an in industry that doesn't always cater for disabled people that well. Yeah. And I feel like, especially now, I got into it in the right time, really now, because I think they're kind of breaking new ground with it and there are more and more disabled parts being written. And I think, um, hopefully me being on Emmerdale and getting the NTA and everything will have a uh, kind of knock on effect to that as well, and that people might, you know, stand up and take notice and say, hey, we should get more disabled actors and stuff, mm. you know. But do you think it'll also work the other way in that there'll be more disabled people at home watching you thinking that's something that I could do? Yeah, maybe, maybe, and I hope they do because, you know, I'm a big, obviously, I'm a big advocate for people with disabilities and I hear from a lot of people that maybe uh, their disability has helped them back in some way. And it's just, um, see me, um, some people say when they see me, it gives them confidence that they can do what they want to do. And I'm like, well, that's great. Like, why shouldn't you be able mm. to, you know, follow your dreams and aspirations just because you have a disability, like there should be a place for you within these circles. You know what I mean? Mm, absolutely. absolutely. Is um, you're saying like TV is sort of recognizing it a bit more. Is theatre catching up as well? Or I, I would say, I would say yes and no. Um, it's difficult because you know there aren't necessarily disabled people. As far as I know, I mean, I could be wrong. I could be very wrong on the West End. As far as I know, there aren't any. But there are disabled theatre companies popping right. up. You know, um, I'm involved in one. I went to see a production 
and then the cut the to go, now they're the theatre company in London called Grey Eye, and um, they train deaf and disabled actors and do courses and help them find work. And they're a great company, and I think um, they, one, deserve more recognition, and two, we need more stuff like that out there, not just based in London, but kind of nationwide. You know what I mean, to be mm. able to facilitate. I, I mean, not even just specifically disabled, but if, if people knew that it was inclusive, you know what I mean, then mm. hopefully disabled people might feel like, oh, you know, I can try this, I can do this, I can have a go, because I feel like they're not necessarily... I mean, obviously, I don't speak for everyone, but they might not necessarily feel like it's something for them because they feel like mm. it's an area that they've been excluded from for a long time and they might be a bit hesitant about coming into it, you know. Mm. So with the success that you've had uh, from sort of quite a short <laughs> amount of time, are you quite happy to be sort of like the leader, if you want, of that sort of movement of, of, of uh, disabled acting or producing or making films or making TV shows? Are you quite happy with that sort of responsibility? I mean, I I wouldn't say I'm a leader. I'd say I'm an advocate. I'd right. Say, I'd say in very loose terms that I'm a disability activist because the only kind of activism I do is things like this and posting online. I'm not out in the streets holding a massive banner. <laughs> right. um, but, you know, um, I'm, just kind of, I'm just kind of spreading the word and saying that, you know, people with disabilities should be recognised and they should be considered for, for roles. Because mm. um, there was a lot of controversy with... There's a new movie called... I can't remember what it might be called The Upside with Brian Cranston. That's right, yeah. 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 And uh, Kevin... Kevin... Hart. 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 Yeah, that's it, yeah. It. Um, and obviously Brian Cranston is playing a disabled character and not exactly short storyline, but a lot of disabled activists on Twitter were saying, you know, this isn't on. You don't have a disability. You shouldn't be... You know, and there are a lot of working disabled actors that can't get wrong. Mm. That, that is the issue I have with it, is that not that he's playing a disabled character, because anyone can play a character that's fun, but my issue with it is that, you know, there are disabled actors out there that are working very hard and have been for a very long time to get part, mm. and then and then it, they see someone put into a disabled role just because they have a high profile then it tends to create this sort of disillusionment and this um, you know kind of rejection if you like by the industry and that's something that we need to talk about and tackle mm. yeah. but do you think again if you I find this quite fascinating mm. I must admit but if you think of like people like yourselves that are winning awards so your your stature and your profile gets bigger and bigger then people would think about you for those those roles because you can you can understand with it being hollywood it's all about mm. making money so they're going to get 
someone yeah. like Brian Cranston, and yeah. they think yeah. that's going to make us money. Yeah. But for somebody like yourself, or anybody that goes on to become a successful... I mean, do you like the term disabled actor, or would you like to be just I, known I as an actor? I don't mind the term disabled actor. Right. I, I mean, it's different for everyone, but I am a disabled actor. Right. You know, I am very much. I tell it like it's yeah. everyone who knows me knows that. And <laughs> I, am a di- I am a disabled actor, you know, and it's part of who I am, and I can't turn with it, and I've accepted it, and it's fine. Um, but I think that. Sorry. You totally put me what would the start of that question? Well, it was... Oh, Christ. I was so happy with the question. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> about, be, about your profile, about your profile being higher and the fact that um, you're winning awards. Well, you, the... Yeah, because the thing is, I feel like uh, the reason Brian Cranston is casting that role is obviously, as you said, because he's a high-profile actor and, you know, they do it to make money because they know people who like Brian Cranston will go and see Brian Cranston maybe. But yeah. the problem is there aren't the disabled people in that position that have that profile that people will go and see them based on their own merit because they're in that movie. And how are you going to, you know, it's not that there isn't any, it's just how are you going to get People that are on that level, if you don't cast disabled people in the first place. Exactly. 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 It's like a chicken and egg thing, isn't it? You've, you've got to get the pro. I mean, like, that's why I say that you're sort of like, not the leader, that's probably the wrong wrong word, but, <laughs> yeah. but you're one of the high profile ones because you've won an award. There's no reason that you can't go on. I mean, things like making your own films, obviously, you've done it before. Is that something that interests you in the future, that you all have a production company or. Yeah, I mean,. Um... Yeah, maybe, maybe for the role, you know, I'm making a play, I've I got a lot of stuff going on on the side. Um, I I don't even always write with disabled people in mind, you know what I mean, because mm. that isn't my main focus, because I feel like the problem with um, having a disability on screen at the moment is it has to be explained quite a lot, and you kind of have to talk about it quite a lot and you can't just have a disabled, disabled character that just happens to be disabled and it's just not part of the plot. Um, it's that way in Emmerdale now for me, but that's because I've been established and I've been talked about and mm. now I am just a character, which is nice, but I feel like in a lot of other things, if you've got a disabled character and the story revolves quite heavily around them being disabled. Mm. So basically, I, when I write, I just write characters. And I say, look, you know, it doesn't matter what ability they have, what colour they are, what race they are, I'm just writing characters. And then the people can interpret that however they want. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Just cast anyone. So when you were first cast in Emmerdale, then what was it? What was it like your first day on set? It was pretty nerve wracking, I guess, because there were a lot of people. You know, um, obviously there's loads of uh, crew there as well. I mean, the first day on set, more than actually the first scene that was shown, um, I felt that they they gave me a small scene where. I think Charity says she doesn't want anything to do with me. 
Um, we do that quite a lot, so we don't remember which one. <laughs> but, um, she rings me up, I'm in the car, and she's like, I can't do it. She me a message, and she's like, oh, I can't do this anymore, and I'm really upset. Um, but it was really short scene. I had, like, maybe two lines, so it was quite a nice way to kind of get to know uh, the process, get to know how it all works mm. before I got into all the really heavy, dramatic stuff on the park bench. And I've, I feel like they're a really good team in that, in that sense because they know how to sort of, I guess, break in an mm. actor, you know, for want of a better term, so to speak. But, like, it was... First day on set was nerve-wracking, but I actually really enjoyed myself. Yeah. Is it quite quite far from here, isn't it? I suppose it is, isn't it? Where it's, is it, Phil? It's up in Leeds. Is yeah, it? Filmed in Leeds. So. You wouldn't want to go there on your bike. Yeah, <laughs> <quite> <laughs> <away>. <laughs> so how... Um, once you've got settled into the role, um, I've said <clears> I've asked this pretty in every actor that we've ever spoken to, <clears> do you have a process for learning your lines? Because even I still don't know how actors do it. Uh, read, 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 and that's just it. And it's then, just repetition. And then, yeah, repetition. And then, don't look at it and try and say it. And then, fuck it up and then <laughs> read it again. <laughs> How long do you get to learn your lines? Then? Um, normally a while. Like I got, you know, I get them about three weeks before I film the scene. Mm. But the problem is for me, um, I don't like learning a lot. Um, in one go, um, I do it day by day. So I read for, you know, the first day that I'm back, and then if I'm doing five days in a row, then I've had two weeks to learn the first day, and then I've got one night to learn the next day. Right. Which is great. It just shouldn't work like that, but that's, that's the way I do it. Because I feel like if I try and put too much in my head it's not it's gonna, not gonna stay there. I'm just gonna get confused and you know mm. and because we don't film it all in um sequential order then it, you know it's just gonna make even less sense in terms of plot mm. and story and it's just gonna get muddled up so I just kind of do it day by day and Hope I don't muck up, which I very often do. <laughs> <laughs> how long do you film for? Is it are you up there for how long? I mean, I mean, there's no, there's no real set hours to these things because it, it's scripted, and mm. you know, I might be in one episode and I might not be in the next. So it's kind of like, you know, I, I get a timetable and I just go in when they want me to go in and do however, however many things I've got to do. So there's no set hours mm. in a day. I could be there an hour and I could be done, or I could be there. I've been there 12 hours before my longest right. you know, so. So do you go up there to film for, uh, like, an amount of days, or can uh, you just go up for a day and then you... I, I have just gone up for a day and mm. then gone home. I wouldn't recommend doing that because no, that is like seven-hour driving. And it does suck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I normally go out like the night before and then stay in a hotel for a couple of days. And, so mm. how, how far? So like the stuff say you were filming today. How when would that be transmitted? Is it like are you a couple of months um, behind? Or I say uh, it tends to be about six weeks 
between filming and air date. Right, okay. So, like, uh, stuff of filming now will be on screen in April. Right. But... So, if we had any real massive Emmerdale fans listening, then you'd be able to break some, like, news about what's going to happen. No, then, you? you can't do that. Uh-huh. Well, okay. well, of course <laughs> I would, because I had a script. But I would, <laughs> yeah. And I'd if I didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> How would you get me? <laughs> that is true. That's very yeah, true. Yeah, I got burned on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so you said about you, you, you can't, you only learn one script at a time. So mm. what about like theatre work then? If if you were offered that, you you you'd be alright. If I were offered theatre work, I, I well, I, I feel like with theatre it's different because I feel like when you're in the same bed, but obviously because before you do the play. You're in the same space with these actors for a couple of weeks, mm. running it through all the time. Mm. So I feel like eventually it's easier to kind of ingrain yourself in in the work. Where with TV, like most of the time when I'm learning it, I'm just sat in my room on my own reading it. Mm. And I don't see the actors till I get on set on the deck. And you have rehearsed? Do you have rehearsal for Emmerdale? Oh, yeah, we do. We had like one or two. Uh, to be fair, we we have a menu the night before we're ready mm. to kind of roll camera on it, but it's still like um, time. To, they still want you to get it in a in a certain amount of time because obviously they got a lot to do. Mm. You know, they got to film X, Y, and Z in one day. Mm. So um, there is a bit more pressure to it, but I feel like with theatre, you have a longer period of time to kind of hone the craft. Yeah. So it, it might be a bit easier. I don't want to say easier. Because <laughs> that, that's just not true, is it? That's just not true. But, you know, it gives you time to learn. So I, I feel like with, if, if I did do theatre work, my first thought would be, holy shit, I'm going to learn all those lines. Mm. But then I'd be like, okay, well, I've got a month and I'm working with different people Monday, Friday, all day for a month. So I I don't know. I'll cross that point for now. (laughs) So do you have a dream role? Do I have a dream role? Um, I... um, I have a few. Uh, I would love to be in a production event, but I can't sing, so that's one of the ones. I'd love to be in a David Lynch film. Right. Because I love his work. I love Twin Peaks. Mm. Um, I'd love to do something horror-related. Right. I'm a big horror fan. Um, probably not kind of traditional... Uh, kind of by-the-book sort of slasher stuff. Probably more like... Hereditary, it followed the, the kind of A24 way. Right, right, right. I love mm. all that stuff. And uh, this country. <laughs> yeah. Well, you right. put it out there now. Yeah. You put it out there. I so really who, who knows for series three? Who knows? Because, like you say, you're just round the corner. Yeah. And yeah. I could, be... I could just pull out myself. Yeah. <laughs> I do it for free. <laughs> Uh, when we get, you came in, you uh, you were looking at all our Star Wars stuff around, and you said mm. you're a big Star Wars fan. Yeah. Um, so, 
it's always been wonderful being a Star Wars fan until sort of like last year when The Last Jedi came out oh, and yeah. split the, the fan community yeah. right down the middle. Where did you stand on... I know this is going off this country. Yeah, but, no, uh, that's cool. I'm cool with that. Uh, Last Jedi. Um, I wasn't a massive fan of Last Jedi. Okay. I thought the humour was too much. I thought the humour was quite... You're awful. not the first person I've heard to say that. It's um, quite distracting. Mm, it's mm. quite distracting. Yeah. I think the way that they kill Snoke with, Spoilers, um, if anybody hasn't seen yeah, it. Yeah, well, I mean, come <laughs> I mean, they, on. they should have done by now, because it's been on Sky and everything, so... Spoilers, but... <laughs> if, you know, you haven't seen it by this point, then you deserve to have it. Exactly, exactly. So, what, you, you didn't like the way they killed him, or you didn't like the fact that they killed... Well, well both, both. Right. I think he was killed very easily. It was a very reckless job. It was, you know, he was just torn in half. I mean... Um, to get specific, he's meant to be, like, one of the most powerful, you know, Dark mm. Lords or whatever, and then they just kill him off with a... Keep hitting the monkey. <laughs> they keep killing him off with a simple lightsaber and a torso. It just doesn't make sense. And I think... I would have liked him to be Darth Plagueis. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. then that would have tied the new trilogy to the prequel trilogy in a kind mm. of very roundabout way. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think that fan theory um, would have been a brilliant nice outcome in terms of, you know, tying all the stories together right across the... Um, the nine films. Yeah. Mm. So you're still looking forward to episode nine, even though you were oh, disappointed yeah. with episode eight? Oh, yeah. When it's Star Wars, I look forward to every Star Wars. I know. <laughs> you, know. you have to. It's yeah. the law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, now I have certain elements of it that I do like. I think Adam Driver's doing a great job with Kylo Ren. He's fantastic. You know, um, Chewbacca's still in it. Can't go wrong there, you know. <laughs> There's lots of great elements to it. Finn and Poe, they're great. They have a great on-screen camera. Yeah. There are lots of elements in it that I know I'm going to be excited for, and there's always going to be some kind of twist that I wasn't expecting. Mm -hmm. And that's the best thing about Star Wars. There's always something that you're not quite expecting. Yeah, this country does Star Wars. (laughs) That's another another spin-off. Right, before we carry on, we're going to have a little bit of a quiz. Mm-hmm. So I need to get my bell ready. Oh, so this is Kerry or Curtin. I'm going to give you a line of dialogue. You need to tell me whether it was Kerry or Curtin that said it. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Number one, what the fuck am I doing with my life? I don't know that was me that might have wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck am I doing with my life? Kerry or Curtin? I'm trying to, like, pitch it in my head. Um, Curtin. One nil. Uh, number two. I can talk man stuff. Code. Well done. Two for two. Number three. I'm only happy when I'm happy. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Shakespeare. No. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> it was Kerry. Oh. It was Kerry. Number four. And on the open day, I'm going to dress up like an aardvark. Oh, I need a really oddly specific. Um, <laughs> Kerry? 
It was. Well, she's talking about her aardvark taxes that she yeah, was going to do. Yeah. And, and the final one, so this will be for... Four, four out, out of five. five. Yeah. He's keeping score. He wants to make sure I get it right. <laughs> Number five. One of them turned hard like a stone. Well done. Four out of five. That was when he was talking about the vicar's ball bag. <laughs> Sorry. I forgot there was a lady here. Because <laughs> he's got massive bollocks, apparently. That's very true. <laughs> four out of five. Well, well done. That's, a, that's an honourable well, score. That's a very good really score. Is an honourable score. Very good. It's not often we get there. I'm going to quickly ask about the NTAs again. because yeah, Indeed. So, so you when you... Did you have your um, speech prepared? No. No. No, I just kind of winged it. Everyone would ask me if I had something prepared before, and they were like, you should prepare something, and I was like, no, I'm not going to get up there. Because I knew roughly what I wanted to say and mm. what I wanted to put out there, but I didn't kind of have it worthwhile on a piece of paper, you know, because, remember, you know, I didn't even know I was going to win. Like, they didn't tell me beforehand. Mm. I it was just kind of in the moment... Uh, you can probably tell from the reaction. Mm. Um, but, you know, I just kind of went out there and, and sort of winged it, and I don't remember what I said, but I watched <laughs> it back, and it sounded OK. Yeah. <laughs> so who were you up against? I was up against... See, that shows my proof. No-one remembers the losers. Uh, Everyone uh, always just remembers no. the winners. <laughs> I, I, I was up against Ricky Champ. From EastEnders. Ricky Champ. Ricky Champ. Okay. He's, um, I've seen bits of his stuff, and it's brilliant. He has some really intense scenes with um, Danny Dyer. Oh, right. And they're, they're proper, like, laying into each other, and it's, it's quite hard-hitting stuff. Like, um, whenever I watched any of the clips from EastEnders, I was like, wow, compared to Emmerdale, so dark, <laughs> and like, everyone is yelling, screaming. But it's always oh, been dark, mm. isn't it? It's always mm. been right. We're going to try something. This isn't going to work on radio, right, uh, or on, yeah. on the podcast. But I want to. I want to try this because I want to see what it would have been. Right. I'm going to. I'm going to do my best, Harry Redknapp, okay. and say that Ricky Champ won. And I want to see what your oh, I've lost, but I don't care. Faces. Right. As if you'd lost, okay? That's right. going to work really well for Exactly, podcast. that's what I said. But I want to see. I want to see what it would have been like. So, right, you're, so you're sat in the NTAs. Here we go. I'm going to be a director, aren't they? Oh, they're Do very your best, good. Harry. Very good. Right, everybody. The winner is Ricky Champ. <laughs> that's very that's good all right. that's, that's very all right good. i actually believe that there's some people that do that sort of uh, smile like that like they're sucking the lemon and then inside you know they're going bastards i should have won that well done i apologize to everybody listening because they haven't seen that but it was Highly, it was gold. It was, they, it they, was gold. They heard the clap. They heard the slow they, clap. Slow it was the clap. Slow. It wasn't slow. It was like a, a medium fee clap. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Poor old Ricky Champ now. He's gonna, his ears are going to be burning. He thinks, I should be winning an award here. What's, what's happening? What's happening? Right, so going back to this country, then, where would you like to see the, the, the third series um, move into? Would you like to see him do something different? or? I, I mean, yeah. I mean... I, I think what they've done so far is fantastic, and I'm gladly watching another season of that. I mean, I, but I, I would love to see them maybe 
go into another area, like go and visit the Vicar's Sun in Bristol or something like that, to take them kind of, take Harry and Kevin out of their comfort zone and put them in a new environment. Mm. I feel that would be really interesting. Um, especially, you know, kind of how people would react, react to them as well from another area. Um, I'd also like to see an uh, extension on that quote, which was um, Carrie saying that she's got enemies in Bottom on the Water <laughs> and she's got enemies <laughs> in all these different areas. Maybe, maybe there could be a face-off with some of the... Oh, my God, like they a massive converge down to some lovely... A war all across the Cotswolds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You see, I've always, st- and I still maintain, I think a, a, a trip to the seaside, like a bus oh, trip yeah. to Western or something. Western Sea from there, yeah. that would be yeah, great, that yeah. Would be right. I think that would work really well with them. Especially, uh, James Ker- is on the beach selling ice creams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Knotted hanky. You'd be like, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, that'd be great. No, he's got a recurring character, surely. Well, maybe he goes back to North Leach with him and sells ice creams around the village, maybe. <laughs> You good at a Mr. Whippy? <laughs> I, I, I could, I could do. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's all the possibility. There you go, see? Ice cream man. Ice cream yeah. man. James Watt, ice cream man. From Edmondale to ice cream man. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, are you free whilst doing Emmerdale to be able to pursue other projects and do other projects? Um, I mean, I'm kind of... I'm limited to Emmerdale. I mean, in terms of TV, I think. Um... I mean, I've, I've got stuff that I'm writing that I like to pursue, mm. but I think with Eminem, because I, they have um, courses published about when I need to be, and I, I think the idea is that I need to be free to be able to work. Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. I'm not always free, it doesn't help them, and it doesn't really help me, so I've kind of got... Uh, my hand full, if you know me that one. But when I'm in, when I've got my downtime, I pursue my own creative projects that don't involve necessarily acting. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Like, I'm a drummer and I write, and you know, so I've got all this kind of stuff that keeps me busy as well. Well, I'm, I'm fascinated to see it. Absolutely. Keep doing what you're doing. So as all I yeah. say, you're an inspiration, you really are, and it's been a pleasure to have you come and join us in our little Star Wars cave here. <laughs> and it's gone so quick. And it's gone so quick, but it's been a real... And thank you, Inda. Thank you. Yeah, silent thank you. H. <laughs> I can't stop saying that. Um, but it's been a real pleasure to speak to you, mate. It really yeah, has. Thank you for having me. No, it's oh, been a no, pleasure. It's and, pleasure. And, and, and we'll use all of our... Um, uh, influence to get you apart on this country. Mm. We've got no influence. <laughs> it always sounds good. We'll write them a very stern letter. We, we will. Oh, wow. Strongly worded letter. Yes. Yeah, and we'll post it tomorrow yeah. with a second class stamp. <laughs> yeah, no. way we might get there by Friday. <laughs> yeah. Maybe next week. Maybe next yeah. week. Maybe if I, if I catch the post tonight, I might get a Friday. You never know. We'll start writing it straight away. Mm. Uh, thank you very much. Thank, thank you, Kinder, for coming thank as well. You. Neil, do you want to do a little bit of housekeeping? Oh, pressure. Here pressure. we go. See if you can okay. get it right. I've got ready. the bell ready. So you can find us on all the social medias. That's Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Hey! Sorry. Come on. Give me my credit. Go on, then. Under uh, WTAF This Country. Well done. 
You can check out our website, which is wtfpodcast.com. Oh my god. And email us at wtfthiscountry right? at hotmail.com. Oh my god. Lords be praised. Yes. He's got it all right. And you can come and get us on uh, patreon.com uh, forward slash wtaf if you want some signed uh, goodies. goodies from the cast. Not literally, what, Tim Brooke Taylor and. Not good, no, not, not oh, the goodies, no. but signed goodies from the This Country cast. Don't confuse things. I quite fancied a Bill Oddie. <laughs> I, I bet you did. Anyway, these kids, they're not going to know what we're talking about with the goodies, for goodness no. sake. Anyway, thank you, Inda. Thank, thank you, you, James, once James again. Uh, all the best for the future. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Pav. And thank you, everybody else, for listening. Now go and get plumbed, you fuckers. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow? This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.